Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McManaman. This week, Sean and I are discussing quality accountability. So, with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Hi, everyone. Today we're here, Sean and Les, talking about quality accountability and what does that mean. Yeah, so how did you pick quality accountability for this one, Sean? Well, I was thinking about things that happen in multiple organizations through people that I talk to and things that I see. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that it would be beneficial to talk about the quality system, you know, we've gotten kind of specific in the last couple of weeks on tools and things like that and metrics and everything, but, um, you know, maybe, maybe rise it up a level to, you know, the folks out there that are leaders of a group, maybe a whole organization and, and talk about what the culture has to drive. And you don't want quality to be a cliche, but I mean, that's basically how well things are done. And so I right. wanted to talk a little bit about, how well things are done, the quality process in each you know, functional area and through the, the system, through the organization as a whole. So maybe we should start with, first of all, why quality in general is important to any organization. I mean, why, why do we even focus on this big word just called quality within an organization? Well, I'd like to bring it to, to a... a an umbrella view of why the company exists. Your okay. brand, your brand is 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 out there, right? And you know, a lot of people don't understand how to build a brand or or you know the marketing side of it. But when you think about it, the brand that you have speaks about the company that you belong to and the company that you're running and, and the vision in a company that you're running. Right. So, so why is quality such a big word? Why do we keep focusing on it? Because when the product that your company makes goes out to the customer, it has to support the brand that the whole organization has built and relies upon for future work. Yeah. Right. So, so when we said that, the quality is how well things are done. I would expect that a hundred percent of the companies out there that produce a product want what they do and what they go to the to the customer with to be well done. Yeah, right? the other things fall fall out from under that. You know, can they do it for a reasonable price? Can they have you know good service and things like that? Speed, uh, when, yeah, the, yeah, speed. Can you get there faster? So. Um, you know, that's, I think that's what I'd like to talk about in the bigger picture. Okay. So, so taking that, that brand that you talked about um, and, and having quality focus on the brand, uh, where do you branch from there as far as, as what are you trying to focus on then? If, if the brand is important and you're trying to make sure that you're not damaging the right. brand in any way, that's still a big thing. Where do you where do you start when you're trying to deal with that? I mean, because at the end of the day, you're trying to get people on board to support the importance of a brand. I mean, that's really kind of what you're trying to do. 
uh, within your organization, you're trying to get those people to, to support that. Right. And I think one of the ways that you would start that is, is creating a culture of, of high quality mm-hmm. and how do you support, how do you support that? You need to give the, the people that, that are in that process, you know, good tools. We talked about tools, but make sure that they understand what the, the output of their, you know, value add section is. Okay. And, and, and again, I, I don't like cliches. Value add is is a common term in the quality circles, and and it's true. You you want to make sure that that you're adding value at each step. Yep. Some steps don't add value, but not focusing on that definition right now of what value add is. But if 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 there is a section of of the workflow that is done in your area and, and each separate area, the person in that area or the group in that area has to understand what the desired outcome has to be. I want to talk about a culture that is not a step-by-step recipe of taking piece A, putting it in piece B and making sure that it turns, you know, a quarter turn. It's, it's, Hey, the thing at the end of your process, you have to have 50 of them in there. They all have to turn a quarter turn. How is that done so that you have the highest possible quality at the end? So now what you're saying is, is that now how does each person play a role in supporting the quality of your brand? So how does, how does a, a person in the sales part of the business, how does a person in the uh, engineering part of the business, how does a person in the receiving, the manufacturing, the shipping how do each of those people play a, a role in supporting the overall quality of the brand? Well, I think you kind of nailed it there in that they've got to understand the the requirements at their level to support uh, what's what's needed in from a quality aspect uh, at, at their part of the process. Right. You know, it's it's there's handoffs and and. I've seen in many cases where the, the handoff part is the the part that creates the gap. Mm-hmm. People people seem to know what they need to do, but that that section of them finishing and the next group, the next functional group picking up, is where the the gap seems to be. Um, I think the way that you can help them as a as a leader or manager in that in that area is that you study and, and ensure that that handoff section is as seamless as possible so that the input that one group gets is what they expect. See, if, if, they, if they have an input from the upstream group that is not what they expect, well, then, then their process, they have to deviate from their process. Now, you can, of course, build a process that says, hey, if it's not what you expected, this is what you do. Okay, but is that, is that a lean system? no. What you need to do is go back upstream and make sure that the output from the previous, the upstream group, is what will dovetail into what the next group needs to do. And I know that this isn't a discussion on quality tools. We did already have a a session where we talked about that. But I do have to bring up that this is a great uh, place in which to use a SIPOC diagram. Mm-hmm. Because you really need to, at a high level, understand the basic steps within the process that you control, understand what are the inputs to your process, the outputs to your process, 
who's your customer, and who your, who's your supplier. If everybody in the value stream clearly understood that aspect and literally created a SIPOC diagram for their part of the business, I think clarity would rise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really do. I think that uh, that's, that's one of those tools that is just underused but is so valuable to adding that clarity because it's a nice, easy tool and it's very well-rounded in giving you kind of the whole picture of what you need to at least get started. Yeah, that's a good good way to describe yeah, the tool against what that the symptom is or what, what the call problem is. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, I was thinking about before we got on the uh, Internet today and started talking is what, what are the kind of clues that you might hear in your organization that, that would raise your eyebrows about, hey, well, maybe I, there's an issue that I have to address, <laughs> you know, right? So, so a SIPOC diagram for those handoffs, um, what, what might cause you to think, well, I might need to use that tool? Some of the things that I thought about and have heard in the past is when somebody is trying to meet a deadline and they think that they can cut the, the quality performance short in order to meet a deadline and, and you hear something like, well, they'll fix it later. Oh, sure. Right? Yep. So they'll, they'll fix it later. Or, or if the, the process isn't set up so that the input to, say, receiving, if it's uh, you know, some kind of manufacturing process or even some kind of, some kind of paperwork process, if receiving you know, gets it, they expect that the supplier or the, the upstream process had it right, um, there might be some dwell time. And then when the downstream function needs it, they find out that it's wrong. Well, now that you know the dwell time was wasted in getting something fixed, and now you've created a new a new critical path. Could effectively create a new critical path because the part that you needed, the document that you needed, is wrong and it has to be fixed. Well, now you go back through that that either that purchasing loop or that you know, paperwork loop to get the paperwork right, right for your for your next process. So. Yeah, that's definitely some red flags there. Yeah, that's that that that's. I listen very carefully to the words that you hear. you know, either on the shop floor or in the office, for when people are doing their portion of the work, and when they're doing their portion of the work, and you kind of hear hear offhand comments that uh, said, "I have to get it done." You know, they'll fix it later. I'll catch up with it later. You. Um, you need to raise your eyebrows and see, hey, is the process working well? Is the person doing what they need to do? Do that does that person need help either, you know, training or some kind of uh, automation in some in some way to help them get their job done faster. So going back to our title of this particular podcast, talking about quality accountability. When you say accountability, are you talking about the accountability of the organization? Or are you talking about the accountability of leadership? Or are you talking about accountability of the individual? Accountability is everywhere. The accountability of, of everyone. Because I, I, I see this as, I'm trying to think of a, of a nice uh, graphic description. But the organization, the organization as a whole, maybe, you know, bowls that are upside down and, and under each other, kind of like, smaller umbrellas under each other, right? The organization is accountable to make sure that the processes are there, that the leadership is there. 
the levels underneath that are, are, are accountable to make sure that their individual functions are adding the value that's necessary in order for the product to be sold as, a, as an output at the expected quality level. So I hear, I hear what you're saying, but I assume we're having this discussion because the accountability doesn't exist. Yeah, I think that, that leadership allows accountability to, to wander and be pushed off to others. Okay, one of the things that, uh, that, I, that I say, and, and actually I said it today as a matter of fact, the word waiting is a word that I hate. If somebody comes to me when I ask them for a status or when they're supposed to give me a status and they say, well, I'm waiting for XYZ person or I'm waiting for XYZ supplier, that's not the answer that I want to hear. That, that, that pushed the responsibility and the accountability of getting done the task that I'm asking them to inform me on to either that supplier or that other person. I would much rather, I would much rather know what is being done to get it, to get that information or get that product, get that, that step moved forward. I asked you to take care of it. You need to provide me how you're taking care of it, not, Hey, I'm waiting for so-and-so and and then think that, that it's done because if you wait for so-and-so past the deadline, who is, who is accountable? You know what? Ultimately it's me accountable. So I can't accept, Hey, I'm waiting for the supplier to get back to me. If you need help getting the supplier to do fulfill their part of the, of the order that you gave them, well then let me know and you can get help. That's where, that's where I think, Leadership really has to has to understand what their total process has, you know, as the as the steps, so that so that they can see when they hear these trigger phrases, you know, I'm waiting for, or or uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll figure that out later, or we'll catch it later. They they have to really sit back and say, you know what, I'm not sure that's the best way to operate because first of all, it definitely isn't lean. It, it's not lean if that's if that's the attitude in the comments that you're getting your culture isn't one of quality right if you're if you're if you um, don't have the drive and, and the the accountable language between the different employees and the employees and their their management to ensure that everyone is well aware and clear of what is being done to move the process forward so let's go ahead and assume that you've got no quality accountability in place. Um, I personally think that the best way to get it rolling or get it moving is be an example. You know, leadership needs to show that it's important, um, not just say that it's important. Right. Well, that's why holding people accountable is not a, it's not a one way street. It's a, it's a two way street. Sure. People want to be held accountable. They want to understand that what they do means something. So if, if what they do is praised, they understand that, that that's good. If what they don't do is not, is not I don't want to say condemned, but trained upon, you know, an opportunity for training, if they don't do something, um, they, they, they still want and need that attention. You need, to, you need to hold them accountable so that they know that what they do means something. And, and where I find... A benefit here is that if you're if you're holding someone accountable and they missed the mark the first time, but they know that they're being held accountable, well, they're very 
ingenious on getting things done when they know that it means something. So believe me, in that, in that, and I'm, and I'm holding my hands, you know, a foot apart within their box of responsibility. They might not have, and they shouldn't have, a step-by-step recipe. But if they're being held accountable, they can figure out how to get it done within that box of responsibility. So I personally think that um, uh, one of the problems people have is you've got really two sets of accountability. One, and I only say it that way just so that I can divide the two, but one is the aspect of accountability as it relates to your product. But I don't think a quality organization stops with just your product. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that are not inside this one-foot box that you showed with your hands uh, that still need to be taken care of and addressed. Um, You know, one of the things we're working on in our organization is we're trying to figure out how to to manage and maintain a... um, inspection ready or uh, quality ready environment all the time and Mm -hmm. so uh, trying to get people to not only focus on the aspects of what it takes to have quality work but also the aspects of what it means to have a, a quality environment and so that reaches out to those things that people say well somebody else will just take care of that or somebody else will do that I'm focused on getting work out the door you know, I, oh, I agree with you. Yeah, that leadership has to drive that culture, right. the environment. Yeah, you, you definitely don't want to hear if you hear those comments. Then you've got you've got a broader issue of you might still get a good product out, but it's not you know a lean environment, a quality environment. Exactly, exactly. You, and you can't always you can't always put those things um, into just uh, focusing on the process solely. Is my point there? Is that while focusing on the process is definitely a great area to work on and improve, there's also things that are that are not specifically in the uh, flow of product that still need to be uh, addressed. So one of the things that uh, we figured out how to maintain was our our metal rack and ma- maintain it in a lean way. So we went mm-hmm. through a 5S project with the team and and we actually defined how we were going to manage the horizontal rack. We built some vertical racks. So whenever they look for steel or for metal, they actually go to the vertical racks first that have already been trimmed and cut. And they use those first as opposed to fumbling through the big horizontal racks and getting the forklifts out and all that kind of stuff. They don't have to do that now. They only have to go there now if a short piece does not meet their needs along the backside. And it's labeled very clearly. So this morning, we had a run-through with everybody on the shop floor of how that area is now going to work. And somebody owns that area, and they know what it means to own that area. Right. They're, they're accountable for the area. They're accountable. But see, and- that area is not specifically part of the process of building a product. It's a kind yes. of a little side thing. It is to some degree, but it isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, you know what? So I left you and I. We 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 can we can. <laughs> and I don't want to say mince words, but like I say, words are very important. It is, they are. If you have to receive material and it goes, you know, in some kind of storage, right? It's part of the process, right? It is part of the process. Yeah. There, I win. 
<laughs> okay, you win. <laughs> no, I, you know, this is a, that's a great example. I'm glad we could use this example because there's a, an example where leadership saw the need, mm-hmm. made a change after getting input from the folks. That's right. That's exactly if, right. If I remember right, you and I, uh, when I got to see your shop, you know, you were telling me about you doing this, uh-huh. and and now you can you can manage it. And if if something is out of place. You've got the accountable person that you can go to, mm-hmm. and you know what? It might not be perfect, but you could you could get feedback from that person to figure out how to make it better. Well, and we can even see when it's not being maintained. We can uh, easily, quickly tell when somebody has done something wrong. So that's part of all that lean activity, and we've made it to where guys are not looking for steel. Uh, spending their day looking for steel. It's very well labeled, and and they know exactly where to look first, so they're not spinning their wheels. So we have just taken a little tiny cycle time chunk and cut it probably down to a quarter of the time in which they're spending spending their time, and they really don't even realize it. Yes. They really don't even realize... That because I've I've watched them. I've kind of looked out the window and kind of watched them work a little bit, and their their ability to go find something is literally walk over there and pull it either from the vertical rack or the horizontal rack, and it takes all of minutes as opposed to you know lots of minutes. <laughs> right. Okay, and here's here's what I hope is the nugget, and what I believe to be the role of leadership in an organization. How long did it take you to see the situation, study it, get some feedback, recommend a, uh, a change, and implement the change? So in in time, it took us about a month from start to finish, mm-hmm. but it took us about, I would say, maybe uh, 25 to 30 hours worth of total work. Because we had to build the, we built the vertical racks ourselves. Right. So um, we decided not to build to purchase them, uh, right. just because they were they were too expensive and really didn't meet our needs for what we were trying to do. So other than that, it took it took about twenty five to thirty hours worth of total work, but about a month worth of time. Yeah. Because we would meet. Yeah, we would meet for an hour every day. And so that's part of the other part of the accountability. They knew that we were going to meet from 30 minutes to an hour every day and work on something for that project until we got done. In fact, we brainstormed a a one of those big sticky pads that you you stick up on the wall and write on. Mm-hmm. And that was out next to that area and we constantly had a list of things that we were making sure we got done before that project was completed. And then once that project was completed, we actually created an A an A3 that explained the project from beginning to end. So when outsiders walked in, they could actually say, oh, wow, look at that steel rack, how nice that looks. And then they could go over and, and look to see. Uh, even the cost of it is listed on the A3, how much it cost us to do the, the whole project. You know, Very so, good. yeah, so they can actually go to our board and look at that information. So uh, that's great. That's a great project, and it, it definitely supports what we're talking about here in the functional area, or the you know the, the area of, of one area of the shop, and how it how it supports the overall process and the accountability of that area. Now you you know you'll you'll walk your way through the whole organization and create 
that system yeah. of quality. Well, and even within that project, we had also a, a little TPM project, uh, total productive maintenance, because the the horizontal saw that is used to cut the material that comes off the rack was is now placed strategically right there next to it. So they pull it off. They cut what they need. If it's less than 13 feet, it goes to the vertical rack. If it's still greater than 13 feet, it goes back on the horizontal rack. So they don't have little five foot pieces on the horizontal rack anymore, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then it gets lost, you know, up in amongst the 20 foot links, you know, and there's only certain material on each level and stuff. So it was a great project. I mean, it really was a, a fun one. And I think everybody, the, the cool part about it is I can see, I can almost see people's brains starting to tick and change little light bulbs going off all over the place. Uh, wondering, you know, how, you know, how can I do the, what they just did here, and what can I do there? And as they engage in some of our other projects around the shop, you can see their creativity is starting to actually come out a little bit. They're not stifled as much, yeah, you know. So it's starting to change. I can, I can actually see it and feel it. So uh, it's, it's very cool. So, um, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into our picks here? But before we did, is there anything we need to summarize up on this one? Because this one was a very broad, big scoped topic, and I didn't know if there was anything we need to summarize before we go into our picks. Well, just to, to summarize, I think you're right. It was a broad topic, but we did get, at least give some detailed uh, yeah, uh, example. It's a broad topic about accountability, all the way from leadership down to the working level. Yeah. Right. So everybody's got, you know, their part of the pie that they have to support with a quality effort. And then your example was, uh, I think, a real good example of, of how that how that moved from, you know, top to, you know, the working floor level. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of a couple of things that uh, you don't want to hear. I'll fix it later. And uh, <laughs> you don't want to create you don't want to create a new critical path by by falling down on the quality part of your deliverable yeah let's see if um, qc catches it <laughs> yeah that's that's another one yeah I, that, that's it that, to me that's a if you're welding yeah and, and well you know you get weld spatter all over whatever you're, you're welding and uh you know see if qc doesn't like it that's that's an example there that the the welder should know what the output visual inspection should be right and if you've got, if you've got weld spatter if you uh, on uh, you know on and around the weld that you did, and uh, one you have to work on your welding skills, and two you know what if you do if you do have a problem, you know you clean it up before it goes right. down down the path. So what is your pick this week? My pick, kind of along the same lines of what uh, I was talking about here, you know, leadership training and leadership um, knowledge, and how do you pass that knowledge? To others, uh, there's an organization called Vistage, and uh, in the beginning, it started out, you know, kind of like a CEO organization where CEOs would get together and, and um, have a peer group of discussions and and input from other CEOs and professionals in their field. Um, they've expanded it to key persons. Um, so if uh, you're a key person in an organization, you can go and, and, and be among your peers and talk about pertinent issues, you know, either in your industry or at your position. So if you're a director of 
operations, a director of supply chain, you know, that director level, you know, you might have the same issues if you're working in the manufacturing field as if you are at the same level in a hospital organization. Right. So you get, you get a group together of about 17 to 20 people and you, you process issues. So you have, you have speakers come in and, uh, talk about topics, everything from motivational to, you know, how to give them a good presentation. So it's a, it's a really good organization to belong to. It's a somewhat, somewhat expensive if, uh, if you ask, but if you're, if you're someone that is going to rise up the ladder in, in an organization, I think it's something that if you can get your upper management to allow you to participate in, very beneficial. It's, it's led by, it's led by, you know, an, an, an Uber mentor. So, uh, you, you have a, you have basically a mentor that, uh, helps you personally as well. And, and, uh, you know, you can get some personal benefit outside of even your career. So my pick is not business related. Uh, but I will say that some of the topics that they, that they deal with and handle, you know, definitely happens in any environment, maybe not to this extreme, but definitely happens in this, in, in any environment. But, um, I am picking a a show that uh, has been out for a, a while now. Uh, it's just released its fourth season, but that's House of Cards with Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright. Uh, you know, he's the um, uh, it's 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 a show about the government and how he plays his role in the government and his rise up through the government and. Uh, you kind of hope that government isn't quite as bad as he portrays it, but I have a feeling that there's some truth to it. So <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty intense, and season four has really picked up the pace. So I know you uh, are brand new to it, Sean, and you're starting with season one, so I won't ruin anything for you. But uh, uh, you'll thoroughly and you'll thoroughly enjoy it. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Uh, offline so (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, no spoilers yeah no i won't spoil anything so that's um all we have for this week's podcast we will check back with you with you soon i hope you enjoyed this episode of man versus business please note that neither sean nor myself are business consultants We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And also you can drop us a line on the message page from there. Again, thank you and enjoy your week.